fellas, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I am the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. I pray every day that I might be humble, that my posture before the Lord might be one of humility, respect, and love, that I might walk with my Savior, I might walk in His love, that I might follow the leading of His Spirit, continue to preach a message of truth and purity to God's people and to men around the world. Today, our episode is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I love Pastor Paul. You know I do. I've said it before. Pastor Paul applies God's word to the raising of the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else. Again, that's ChristForDisciples.com, particularly you folks who are now stuck in the house with your kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What a great resource to help us remember what we ought to be teaching our children as we draw closer and closer to our heavenly home. Uh, Also, while we're stuck in our houses, there's two resources I'd love for you to go out and pursue. We talked about Covenant Eyes before. Um, on the last podcast, um, but now I've got two more for you. That's the Dwell app. That's D-W-E-L-L, Dwell. Um, it's similar to the Bible app that a lot of you guys have on your phones, but I personally like Dwell even better. Um, great ambient noise in the background. Um, a couple different voices you can choose from as I read the words of Scripture to you. Um, I don't use it to replace my daily Bible reading, but uh, it's a great enhancement to my daily Bible reading. So I still read my Bible every morning when I get up. Um, but uh, throughout the day, I like to pop on my headphones and uh, listen to the Dwell app, whether it's at lunchtime, um, whether it's driving around in my truck, whatever it might be. Um, instead of listening to country music on the radio, which I still do every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll pop in the, the Dwell app and I'll listen to that. What a great way to continue to walk with Jesus throughout the day um, and a continual reminder of his love and mercy and forgiveness in my relationship with him. The other one that I would love for you to check out is uh, The Chosen. If you type The Chosen into uh, Google or into your app store, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. Uh, I believe the app is free, actually. Um, and it's a what it is is a TV series that's based on the life of Jesus. Um, now, every series, every TV series, every depiction of the life of Christ has its... its <laughs> It's uppers and it's downers, right? It's got it's got some things that it does really well. It does has some things where it does poorly. Um, but this is one of my favorites that I've ever seen. Um, and you can get all those resources online. All the information that you need is going to be right there when you find the app. Um, it's one of my favorite depictions of Jesus I've ever seen. I love the personality of Jesus. I love how clearly that comes through. Um, and I love that they emphasize the humanity of Jesus um, without detracting from um, his godliness. So... Uh, it's a great resource. I love it. Um, again, not to replace any Bible reading, not to replace your personal time with God, not as a replacement for Scripture, uh, but as a resource to help us understand a little bit better the life and times of Jesus and the sacrifice he made for us and some of the teachings he made um, and some of those stories that we see depicted on the screen with a little bit more accuracy than, than we often will. So go check those two things out. That's the Chosen and then the Dwell app. Both wonderful resources, particularly for those of us who have a little bit of extra time on our hands. Uh, make sure you're reading. Make sure you're still digging into Scripture. Make sure you're still doing your daily habits and routines and everything. Um, and cling to Jesus. He is the one hope um, as we face such interesting, dangerous, and strange times. Here we go. Here we go. 
You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Alright guys, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, today we're going to do a hymnology lesson here. Um, it's not really a lesson, I don't know why I called it that. We're going to do a little bit of hymnology, the study of hymns. Right? Um, the hymn we're going to look at today is not a hymn that's in many Lutheran hymnals. Um, although the melody is very familiar to a lot of us in um, the Wells hymnal, so those Wellsers who are listening, um, Wellsians, good Wells Lutrans who are listening, you're going to recognize it as the uh, melody of Brothers, Sisters, Let Us Gladly, which is also a wonderful hymn. Um, but this is the uh, this is a different set of words to that tune. In fact, um, this tune, so it, we're going to talk about Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. It was written in 1758 by Robert Robinson, um, and in the United States, especially in the early United States, Robinson's words were first adapted to the shape note tradition and sung to the tune Nettleton, like I said, uh, the f- tune we're familiar with as the uh, tune of Brothers, Sisters, Let Us Gladly. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, this Englishman and his adventures and him that he wrote in just a moment or two, but first, what I want you to do is if you're if you if you're not driving or anything right now, I want you to actually go pull up a version of this hymn and I want you to listen to it. Um, Chris Rice does a good one. Chris Tomlin does a pretty decent one as well. But my personal favorite is uh, done by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Now, obviously, I don't share <laughs> the sentiments of the Mormons. I don't. I'm not a Mormon. I don't agree with the Latter Day Saints um, and their teachings. But those folks can sure sing, and they, they do a wonderful job of singing this particular hymn. Um, it, let it be noted as well that there are several different... It was written in kind of an old English, and so it's been translated and kind of moved around um, in order to fit in modern English, and different composers do it different ways, different arrangers do it different ways. And it's very common for this particular hymn uh, to take the last two verses, split them in half, and use the second half of the last verse as a refrain. And so, if you if you listen to different versions, they're gonna they might sound a little bit different just based on the words. Um, the other one that I really enjoy is by Sufjan Stevens. If you're familiar with him, he's uh, he's a kind of a how do he's an alternative music guy. Um, but he does. He put out an awesome Christmas album a few years ago. He's a strong conservative Christian guy who put out a Christmas album a few years ago, and this hymn was in it. Uh, it's an also an excellent kind of modern contemporary rendering of of this particular hymn. So my encouragement right now, before you listen to the episode, and if you really don't want to do it now, you can do it after the episode. But I would encourage you to go and listen to a recording of this hymn. Um, and enjoy it, ponder it, take it to heart. A lot of times when we talk about hymn writers, <laughs> there's usually a happy story to go along with it. It's not the case this time. Uh, the, our hymn writer um, had a more than a bit of a fall from grace. Um, frankly, his faith is in question. Um, but as recorded near the end of his life, just a year before he died, there's a story that may or may not be true, but there's a story uh, widely told, but obviously unverifiable, um, that one day... As he was riding in a stagecoach, a lady asked him 
what he thought of the hymn she was humming, which of course was Come Thou Font of Every Blessing. And he responded, Madam, I am the poor and unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings once again I had then. Let's dig into it. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise, teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above, praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. As the young mother crooned the hymn to her toddler, the old preacher shifted uneasily in his seat, her words intertwining with the rhythmic rock of the train car and piercing like a sharp knife deep into his very soul. He had not, had he not penned those words himself less than 30 years before? Oh, how he longed to return again to the hope, surrender, and confidence expressed in the hymn which made him famous. He was, in truth, a troubled man, slipping from sanity. He'd been a famous preacher, the golden boy of the Methodists and then the Baptists and then the dissenters, who were despised by all, satisfied by, dissatisfied, I'm sorry, by the articles of confession and creeds of the Reformed Churches of Britain, he'd insisted on preaching from Scripture alone and using it alone as a guide. And with 21st century eyes, it's easy to condemn the preacher's slip into liberalism, Unitarianism, and radical tolerance, but consider the times. For 20 years, he'd been a stout Calvinist, which means that he was preaching that those with true and genuine faith would not only stop sinning, but live a charmed life. How this faith was shaken. Then, after nearly 30 years of ministry, during which he worked hard to polish his sanctified life, his daughter, at only 17, was taken away in death. The question, then, was what purpose was it to do the will of the Lord if no good ever came of it? Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here, by thy great help, I've come, and I hope, by thy good pleasure, safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he, to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. As a child, Samuel had watched in terror as the Ark of the Covenant was carried into battle. Eli, his mentor, was a good and godly man, but his sons were wicked. For nearly every year of his life, the Ark had been captive, or hidden at least from the people, a people who had wandered from God and worshipped the God of the heathens. The consequences for this passive rebellion were great, nearly too great for them to bear. The Philistines again ruled over the Hebrews, and the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were little better than slaves. But God, the God of the Israelites, the God who had made a covenant with Abraham, who'd wrestled with their father Jacob and led the people out of Egypt, who'd driven their enemies out before them as he entered the promised land and conquered its peoples, the one who'd come upon the judges in spirit and great strength and subdued the enemies of Israel time and time again, this was a God of mercy, and he had promised again to restore his people. As Samuel stood before the nation of Israel, speaking again, seeking again a reconciliation with their creator, he stated as plainly as he could what they must do. If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Asherahs. Commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. They did. And the Lord did as he promised, thundering upon the heathen army, throwing them into a panic, and routing the dirty Philistines without a single sword stroke. The men of the Lord pursued them for miles, cutting them down all along the way. 
And then Samuel took a stone. He set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. The word Ebenezer means stone of strength. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade the Israelite territory again. As did the Israelites. Robert Robinson, yeah, Robert Robinson was a wanderer, completely dependent on the blood of Jesus to rescue him and bring him home. As a child, his father and grandfather had abandoned the family, leaving them destitute and brutally poor. His mother had literally worked herself to death, and Robert was left on the streets of London with little education and even less hope. As a teen, he and his gang of friends had visited a gypsy fortune teller. They got her drunk on cheap gin, forced her to tell their fortunes without pay, dumped a bottle of gin over her head, and left her to go heckle the preacher and his piteous listeners. When the message that the preacher taught caught his ear and changed everything. Now he was terrified of the coming wrath and the judgment seat of God, and Robert apprenticed as a hairdresser, haunted night and day with guilt fear, and dread of the coming judgment. But God is merciful. And in December of 1755, as Robinson, by his own words, testified, he found full and free forgiveness through the precious blood of Christ and entered the seminary. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. Let that goodness like a fetter, fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Perhaps one of the purest and most beautiful hymn verses ever penned. This sentiment is often neglected by the editors of modern hymn books because of the reputation of its author. Robinson had wandered and wandered again from church to church, denomination to denomination, creed to creed, and eventually lost his way. Mentally and physically ill, nearly friendless, and likely headed to a debtor's prison, He died suddenly in his 50s in Birmingham in the home of a notorious heretic. And because of it, his faith will forever be questioned. It's not easy to hear Robert Robinson's story, and the modern hymnist hesitation to publish his work is understandable, if not wise and prudent. This man did exactly what he had prayed years earlier against. He'd wandered away from the fold of God. But a moment of honest introspection declares Robinson was not the only one. After all, we all like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The supreme humility of the words of this verse ought to be guides in our relationship to the Father. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my restless heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Let each and every day begin with the sobering reality that I am not who or what I am meant to be. I am a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. If it were not for the sacrifice of my Savior, I would be lost. Not just lost morally, but completely and eternally lost. Dead in my transgressions and sin. And even as a repentant and redeemed child of God, my debt grows. As I fail continually to live the life the Lord has called me to. I cannot do His will. Surely I am prone to wander. Surely I am prone to leave the God I love. No man is righteous. 
not even one. My only hope is the righteousness of my Savior, one, 2,000 years ago on the cross. I must pray then, along with Robert Robinson, take my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Let us not forget our condition. Let us not forget our position, our identity as sinners. We have been redeemed. We are children of God and our names are written in the book of life. God promises no longer to see our sin as long as we put our faith in the blood of Jesus, his son. Every day, every day let us be reminded of the grace and mercy of benevolent and loving father who gave his son not just to be a moral guide or compass, not just to give me faith and a place in heaven, but also to be my daily guide, my protector and my shield, to prepare me for the courts of heaven and give me an incredible gift of love. Blessings on your week, fellas. Keep tuning in to the podcast. We're going to keep giving you great content. Blessings. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.